0: ABC Listen, podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal land. This is ABC News Daily. They dined over crab dumplings, fish and beef, washed it down with Russian wine and Vladimir Putin and the North Korean leader Kim Jong un toasted Russia's sacred struggle with the West in Ukraine. So, what deal did the leaders really do during a rare meeting in Russia? And how worried should we be about a new era in their relationship? Today, a defence strategist on what both nations are really after.
1: I'm Dr Samir Puri, the author of a book called Russia's Road to War with Ukraine, a visiting lecturer in war studies at King's College London, and I'm joining you from Singapore.
0: Samir Kim Jong-un, he arrived in Russia, stepped off the train onto a red carpet with a, a fair bit of pomp and ceremony.
1: So this is the elusive leader of the Democratic People's Republic of North Korea, Making his first trip outside of the Hermit Kingdom in years. The North Korean leader Kim Jong Un is here. He has arrived right to the. So it's a big deal just the fact he's left North Korea, but it's an even bigger deal that he's gone to his giant next-door neighbour, Russia, in pursuit of some sort of unspecified arms deal. So I think there's a couple of different levels as to why this is so significant.
0: Yeah, all right. And let's touch on those issues in a moment. But please, can we briefly mention his method of transport? It was, as we said, by train. And it was a pretty special train, wasn't it? Just tell me about this train.
1: Well, so famously, he travels by armoured train. He never seems to travel abroad abroad by aeroplane. He went to China in 2019 on on the same or a similar train. It's so heavily armoured that it travels very, very slowly.
0: So Kim Jong-un, he doesn't feel safe on passenger jets, we
1: assume. Well, he's going to be one of those people whose paranoia is probably justified, uh, given what a notorious character he is, what a notorious family dynasty he comes from, and the fact that they are at a... uh, unresolved state of war with South Korea since the 1950s, as everybody famously knows.
0: At the end of that very slow train trip, the North Korean leader ended up at the Vostojnyi Cosmodrome, which is in eastern Russia, That's where he met Vladimir Putin. It's a a space centre.
1: A warm embrace for two leaders increasingly isolated on the world stage.
0: And Vladimir Putin indicated that Russia will help Pyongyang develop satellites.
1: After all, North Korea has tried and failed to launch two just this year. But for military experts, these launches are really about improving North Korea's intercontinental ballistic missile technology.
0: But, of course, it's believed this meeting was much more than just about space, wasn't it? It's about arms. It's about Russia's war in Ukraine. Samir, what do we know
1: so what we know for 100% is an advanced party of North Koreans met the Russian defense minister, Sergei Shoigu. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sergei Shoigu has, has actually spoken to them. He's a Russian defense minister. So they've already, as with these giant uh, international summit meetings, their uh, lieutenants have already done the deal. Uh, whatever has been agreed, uh, presumably the U.S. is very keen to monitor. Russia's war
0: in Ukraine. No nation on the planet. Nobody should be helping Mr Putin kill innocent Ukrainians. And if they decide to move forward with some sort of arms deal, there will certainly be repercussions for uh, North Korea both. And Mr Kim, during his visit to Russia, described the war in Ukraine as a sacred fight. What else is going on here, do you think?
1: There's quite an unequal exchange that's going on. That's why the Biden administration are making quite a big deal of this. It's quite a worrying proposition because the weapons that Russia needs in its war effort in Ukraine are probably quite small caliber, quite literally. Uh, they may even be after things like artillery shells, mm-hmm. spares for some of the vehicles that the North Koreans uh, can offer. The North Koreans probably have a lot of Soviet era military mm. equipment that the russians could use probably quite quite quickly now the quid pro quo is the worrying part north korea is famous of course for firing its ballistic missiles uh, in and around japan in and around south korea and they have a, a fairly embryonic fairly underdeveloped nuclear weapons program Amazing. at least compared to the bigger nuclear weapon states Russia is the possessor of the largest number of nuclear arsenal warheads in the world. It also has its own ballistic missile program. Is Kim Jong-un after an augmentation of his ballistic missile or, God forbid, his nuclear weapons program?
0: Yeah, gosh, that's a real concern. President Putin insists he fully complies with restrictions on discussing military matters with North Korea. But then, of course, he indicated that there's still room for talks. It's just not a one-way street, is it, Samir? As you indicated, Kim Jong-un will want a fair bit in return if he gives ammunition to Russia.
1: Yeah well when dictators meet you can be pretty sure that all the pleasantries are part of greasing the wheels of what is going to be a sort of selfishly beneficial encounter but i think the the thing to really remember you know when we talk about countries for example in europe hitting 2% of their gdp on defence spending mm. I mean, north korea famously spends about a quarter of its GDP on defense oh and possibly even more. And as a result, its people have often starved. So there may also be just some quite mm. uh, general export needs that North Korea has that Russia might now be looking to to furnish. And don't forget, Russia still has this uh, natural energy that it can't sell to you know, European countries, America, Australia, Japan, all the countries that have sanctioned it over its invasion of Ukraine.
0: We know, of course, Samir, that the US, Europe, you know, Western allies have really isolated Russia in every way. You've mentioned the sanctions, of course, also, they've provided huge amounts of weapons to Ukraine. The first Australian Bushmasters are on their way to Ukraine following a request from the country's president to help fight Russia's invasion. The US will now supply Patriot missiles.
1: It's a defensive weapon system. It's not escalatory, it's defensive. The United States has confirmed it will send cluster bombs to Ukraine. US officials argue the controversial weapons are needed to push back Russian forces along the front lines.
0: So, Samir, given that Western backing for Ukraine, how important is it that Vladimir Putin gets more weapons to achieve his aims? And what other nations is he turning to?
1: Right. So Putin has lost his access to the West, clearly, to Australia, to Japan. Uh, Even Singapore has introduced a a degree of sanctions. But as I mentioned, he has found that Russia can still trade very happily with enormous amounts of countries in Asia and Africa, India, China, South Africa, all all manner of other countries who don't really buy the Western line on this Mm. war in Ukraine. Some countries have seen a degree of Western double standards over the years. That means that they're more willing to turn a blind eye to to Russia. Mm. But in terms of of what North Korea can offer, North Korea could be one of the very small number of countries that actively helps Russia's war effort. So that's a different thing. It's one thing to buy Russia's oil, indirectly helping its war effort. It's another thing to give Russia arms. Which you can imagine that the Iranians have done this to the extent that they could. The Syrians have been very supportive. And there's North Korea. So really, Putin has been scraping the bottle, bottom of the international barrel to find countries that will actively support uh, the war effort. One other quick detail on this is the US intelligence services were very keen a number of months ago to point out that the Wagner Russian paramilitary group which did a lot of the fighting as you know in Bakhmut in East Ukraine had done some private deals with North Korea to procure uh, North Korean weapons for for the Russian war effort so there's probably already some North Korean weapons Mm. ammunition making its way to the Ukrainian war zone.
0: Mm. And Samir, what about China? Because China calls Russia its no-limits partner, but it certainly hasn't, at this stage, been shipping any weapons off to Russia, has it?
1: Right. This has been the source of an enormous degree of public consternation by the Americans who've said, China, don't you dare start selling Russia weapons to use in its war in Ukraine. And I think the publicly available information suggests that while China has supplied certain things that could be helpful, it hasn't really crossed into the threshold of, of outright large-scale arms sales. Mm. And I think what we should be really looking out for is that Russia and China have already been embarking on these joint naval patrols, joint you know, sea voyages uh, in and around the Kuril Island north of Japan. Mm. You know, Could North Korea, not necessarily as a naval power, but just as a very heavily militarized power, want to buy into this cooperative military work between China and Russia at a different level? Is that something that we might see uh, in the near future? Because if that is the case, then we've actually got three quite heavily militarised states, each in their own way, Mm. cooperating quite closely, three clear dictatorships as well that might find a lot of common cause and identifications.
0: Yes, because there's some analysts that say Putin is making an axis of autocrats. Is this, Samir, about making an anti-Western alliance?
1: Do you know, I take a a less alarmist line on this because if we were having this conversation 30 years ago when the West was undisputed world king, and I just mean that there weren't really any other pretenders to America's dominance, it's very different to having this conversation in 2023. The world is increasingly a less Western-centric place. So if within that, the Russians, the Chinese, and the North Koreans find you know, more common identification, then we should also remember that Russia is trading very heavily with India. And there's all sorts of things going on where the West isn't really a part of it and might look with a little degree of concern. But I think all this really comes down to the fact that navigating global politics today, it's a very different art, I think, than, than that was required in the 90s and the early 2000s.
0: Mm. So, Samir, what does this all add up to for Russia on the battlefield? These alliances, can they actually make a difference to how the war actually plays out, do you think?
1: Well, it's a really good question because the war in Ukraine has settled into this sort of sludge fest where the Ukrainian counteroffensive has, has underdelivered the russians have held their line uh, in terms of the 17 or 18% of the ukrainian territory that they've occupied and the russian strategy really is to outlast the ukrainians and outlast the the western support especially the american support that the ukrainian war effort depends upon so this north korean axis of possible weapons procurement is really part of that strategy for russia which is to dig in to outlast and the real, the real moment, I think, of decision is who gets elected into the Oval Office mm. uh, in the next US election. So next year, do we see a Republican, Trump or somebody else, who just doesn't want to write billion dollar checks to the Ukrainian armed forces? Because I don't, don't think it's worth it. I would be enormously worried if I was a, a Western backer of, of Ukrainian victory in this war.
0: Dr. Samir Puri is a visiting lecturer in war studies at King's College London and the author of Russia's Road to War with Ukraine. This episode was produced by Nell Whitehead, Bridget Fitzgerald and Anna John, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is David Cody. Over the weekend, catch This Week with James Glenday. He'll be looking at the Australian homes that are becoming uninsurable. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again on Monday. Thanks for listening.